Hello and welcome to Triforce Trends, the podcast where I talk about all things Zelda. If you enjoy the content, please support me by subscribing to the show on whichever app you're listening on. And please don't forget to check out the YouTube channel by searching Triforce Trends. I think it's any surprise to anyone by this point that The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is one of the most innovative games in both the series and in the entire open world lineup of games in that genre. So with that said, to think it's been five whole years since this gem came out, obviously a lot of people have their problems with Breath of the Wild. Heck, I have my problems with Breath of the Wild, I won't front it with you. But with the anniversary being tomorrow when this video comes out, I want to take all of the negative things I have with Breath of the Wild, kick them straight into a bin and drop kick it all the way down a hill. Today I want to talk about everything that I absolutely adore in Breath of the Wild. While this channel is built on Breath of the Wild, a lot of it is actually on criticism for the game, which is funny because it's my favourite game ever, with very few coming even close, but I only highlight those things because my main passion is speculation, as many of you can probably tell. Today I want to put all of that aside though, and gush over one of, if not, my favourite video game ever. But first, I truly don't like doing this, but I think it's got to a point where I need to speak out. I love Zelda with every grain in my body, I really do, and I make weekly videos on the series, even if the videos come a bit later in some weeks, so it would be a huge motivator if some of you guys who aren't subscribed could subscribe now. You can always unsubscribe if you don't like the content, because 21% of my viewers being subscribed and 79% not being subscribed is just a little disheartening. If you do subscribe, then thank you for the large help, and sorry for taking up so much time for my plea. First of all, Breath of the Wild has a leg up on every other game series down to the fact that right there in its title it has the seal of quality, Zelda. Now I won't break down my time with the Zelda series, but it should be no surprise that I absolutely adore these games. My first was technically Twilight Princess, though the first I finished was Ocarina of Time. And while Twilight Princess stands tall as my favourite Zelda game of the lot, Breath of the Wild is my favourite game, I think there's a clear distinction for me. Dungeons and other bits play a large part in that, but Breath of the Wild is the first game in the series that truly wowed me. Now I'm not old enough that I experienced Ocarina of Time the first time around in 1998, so I know for a lot of people that title will go to that game, but it's clear to see how much of an impact Breath of the Wild had on not only its consumers, but also across the market. To this day there are maybe two open world games that hold up to Breath of the Wild standards, and one of them happens to have released within the last couple of weeks, so I barely even count that one. Before Breath of the Wild, some of the best traditional open world games at the time were amazing in their own right, but when playing it kind of felt like you were just slowly working through a checklist of quests being given to you. That, along with a lot of Ubisoft copy and paste types of open world games, could have left the genre stagnating had it gone on for any longer. What we want from a true open world game isn't checklist after checklist of what we can do. We want to explore, that's the main draw of an open world game to me, and to many other people. I want to explore and be rewarded through cool areas or through puzzles by exploring the world fully, and the Zelda team, more than any other developer in 2017 all the way up until now, knew that. That's one of the main things that made Breath of the Wild one of the coolest games at the time up until now, and to this day, being able to look out into the distance, see an area like Elden, and see a giant moving spider crawling around the mountain just chilling there is truly exhilarating. And that goes for many different things within the game, whether it be the giant dragons that circle around each of the regions of the map, random villages that you can truly just stumble across, or a giant flying bird that I half expected to be a UFO for the first half of the game, the exploration is just amazing. And no other game will ever come close to just how special this game was, to me at least anyway, because it was the first time I'd ever felt exploration like this in a game. 
Games had always been fun for me before Breath of the Wild, but when I first picked this game up, I knew for sure that it was going to be special. I knew I wasn't going to be just playing and having fun with this game. No, I would be experiencing this game. Something that I think lacked in open world games back then, and even lacks in many open world games to this day. At the forefront of the exploration in this game, and arguably the biggest thing the game did to ensure this exploration was perfect, was the shrines. Now you might be surprised to hear me say that, because I run shrines through the mud pretty frequently on the channel. But the sheer concept of exploring through a world, and randomly coming across structures that can level up your character to an overpowered level, was just genius. If you ever came across a roadblock in your playthrough, let's say you're having some trouble trying to fight a Lionel, not to worry. Go and do some shrines, progress the game a little bit, and then you'll have a larger health pool, stamina gorge, and not to mention, most likely a much better weapon. Heck, you might even come back with the Master Sword if you level yourself up a ton. And in fact, on the topic of exploration, wasn't it great seeing other areas in the series way later on down in the timeline? Like, trying to find the Master Sword without looking at mementos the first time was a thrill. At the time, I didn't even know if the sword would be in the game. What with the introduction of durability? Not talking about that today, of course. And with the game being rid of so many different staples in the series, I never knew whether the Master Sword would be in the game, minus the fact that the hero had it in some memories, and running into Korok Forest for the first time, seeing it, and dying trying to pick it up, was one of my favourite gaming moments. It felt like my exploration really paid off. And that's one of the things that Breath of the Wild just did so, so well. Dude, fighting the mini-bosses for the first time was even a trip. Guardians especially was so new and different, that it was crazy that they even existed in a Zelda world, and they made for a very challenging fight upon leaving the Great Plateau, which in of itself was almost a perfect opening to a game. I mean, there are details people still don't know that are sat in this game. Channels make dozens of videos on the hidden secrets in this game a month. The exploration in this game is absolutely unmatched, but I've got to stop with exploration somewhere. We don't have all day, and we still have another few things that I love about Breath of the Wild that I want to talk about today. Next thing I want to quickly talk about is just how truly great some of these side characters in this game were. Overall, including Zelda, there were nine different champions, two of the same race for all four later on in time. And in terms of characterization, not voice acting, these characters were pretty fun. I'd never been so invested in a Zelda story, which is funny because it's where a lot of my issues lie with the game. But hey, the characters were pretty fun, and to experience seeing them again in Age of Calamity only furthered that. But this isn't a video based on Age of Calamity, so maybe I'll stop there with the story for today. I could talk about this game all day, but I think there's two more things that I want to touch on, and they're some of the largest aspects in the game. First of all, the puzzles in this game. Here's to say there are 120 shrines that are largely amazing, and at the very least require more thought than the sliding block puzzles. I said for the most part. Shrines offered, in my opinion, some of the single best puzzles in the entire series, and that goes for the entire game's puzzles, even including the Koroks and the Divine Beasts. I mean, a load of the puzzles in the Divine Beasts were straight up amazing and utilised the map of each beast in meaningful ways, eventually paying you out with some okay boss fights. The fact that each region within the map had different types of puzzles was always a fun idea to me too. So like, some of the game has you in the Gerudo Desert doing electric-based puzzles, which are like some of my favourite in the game, but then you might go over to the Lanayru province, and over there, the game has you doing more water-based puzzles, and most of these puzzles, as I said before, are very fun. My biggest issue with both the Divine Beasts and some of the shrines are the lack of combat in both of them. For shrines, I don't think it's such a big deal, especially since some of them do have the right amount of combat scattered throughout, but in dungeons, down to the non-linearity of the game, Every enemy you defeat is likely to be an easy one, and at most you'll fight a few in each dungeon. Though I'm not here to complain, so let's go on to the combat. 
Coming off the back of some cool but inaccessible combat in Skyward Sword, it was vital that they got this part right, and I think they did a good job here. Especially when you take into account how items in the game factor into the combat. Just like puzzles, to this day, people are still finding cool ways to fight enemies. Sure, a lot of these ways are based purely on trickshotting, but it's still cool seeing a new way to fight a Lionel in my timeline on Twitter five years after the game's release. Speaking of which, the main reason why I find the combat at least a little more engaging is down to its slightly harder nature than past Zelda games. Instead of every enemy going down in a few hits from the start of the game, the player is expected to try and get used to the patterns set down by the enemies in the game. Personally speaking, I much prefer this playstyle, and I also think that it's shone in the mini-bosses. I already discussed how much I like the mini-bosses in the game, but in particular, Lynels, Hinoxes, and Guardians were especially great for this as they had largely varied movesets. Again though, this is just a me thing. Overall, the core mechanics are pretty simple. Parry, block, hit, dodge, jump, spin attack. Maybe I'm missing something, but I think the game utilises these core mechanics so well that it makes it an enjoyable experience. Now I love this game, I don't think a 10 or so minute video could ever capture that. In the future I do want to do retrospectives on every single Zelda game, but for now, if you have the time, I did rank all of the Zelda games as Zelda games rather than games, and that video is a very long one but definitely one of my favourites that I've made. I don't think that any other gaming series could have matched the magic that the Zelda series gave me when the team released Breath of the Wild. So, at the risk of sounding very cringy, I'd love to thank every single person who made Breath of the Wild, as it still holds up as one of the best games of all time a whole five years after its release, and also for setting such a large expectation for the next Zelda game and open world games in general, so much so that it's taken five years, maybe even six by the time that it comes out, for them to truly feel ready to release their next game, even if it is just a sequel. So thank you to Alnuma and the rest of the team. In the comments, leave what you love about Breath of the Wild down there. There's no text limit, so keep commenting until your heart's content, and I'll get around to reading and hearting every single comment, and replying of course. Now thank you so much for watching this video. If you enjoyed, then please do support me by leaving a like, rating, and subscribing, as we wait for more Breath of the Wild 2 news. I stream weekly on a Wednesday now, so along with being part of the 21% of people who are subbed, you'll also get even more content, so thank you so much if you do. The people you can see on screen right now are my Patreon supporters, and they're just perfect people. Look at them. Sumji and Jared Whedon are especially amazing for being my top paying patrons, now just look at the Triforce coloured names and the Triforce font. Thank you so much for the support guys, if you'd like to join them then you can do for as little as £1 or $1.50 a month. The link to my Patreon is in the description, and along with that link is a link to the rest of my media platforms, so please do follow me on them to keep in touch with me. Again, thank you so much for watching this video, I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you all this weekend. Let's all wish Breath of the Wild a very happy 5 year anniversary in the comments down below. And I'll see you on Sunday for a video about Breath of the Wild 2's release date. Now please do, stay safe.